Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I am your host. My name is Steve, and my co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Greetings, everyone, on this post-WrestleMania discussion. Yes, and this will actually be a first for us, actually, having the, the next day recap and review. And because a lot of other podcasts do it, but we're going to have our hand at it because I think we bring a unique flair to just about everything we do anyway. Um, and there's actually a couple of announcements I was actually going to talk about, Kyle, but we didn't even get a chance to talk to you during our, during our own uh, pre-show. Um, I do have some sad news to report. I don't know if you saw, but the father of Matt and Jeff Hardy, uh, Gilbert Hardy, he actually passed away a few days ago. I did so, see that. Yep. So our condolences go out to the Hardy family. Um, you know, could I even put it on Twitter that, you know, he raised, he raised two legends and then he became a legend himself. But, and in kind of, you know, news for me, and I know you saw this already today, uh, today would have been my 28th year in the Air Force. 28 years ago today, I arrived at Lackland Air Force Base and started getting yelled at. They're not very friendly down there. No, but (laughs) nobody who has not experienced it understands what it's like on that first day. Yep. Doesn't matter what branch you're in either. And uh, I give credit to my, my recruiter. He was a bloody liar, as they all are, but he asked me to do two things, and the first was to go open general, which worked out for me with my ASVAB score and all that fun stuff, um, for the needs of the Air Force. And the second thing he did was he told me how to respond to the drill instructors when I got off the bus. And I was the only one that got that right that day. What, the reporting statement? Yes. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, my recruiter, he didn't tell me that. Of course, I mean, I will say, kind of in my recruiter's defense, he actually PCS'd about a month before um, I left to go to basic. You know, so the guy who actually put me on, you know, the bus, you know, so to speak, uh, was actually just a fill-in for, you know, like the last month until the um, the new guy got there. Of course, for some reason they didn't. They actually didn't have an overlap. But um, I listed out of San Diego, which is where I met my recruiter, Southern California, because we left the day after I graduated, and I was supposed to catch a plane out of Las Vegas where I was living. And my recruiter sent me to Salt Lake City, Utah, and sent my paperwork to San Diego, which uh, delayed my delayed my arrival into the Air Force by two days, which probably changed my career, definitely changed the basic training group I was in. It's weird how that stuff works out. 
Yeah, because when you said that he talked you into going open general, you do realize what happened with most of the folks who went open general, right? I would have loved being a security police. <laughs> okay, just as long as you know. But I, ironically, I was not eligible because because I wanted to be a firefighter, and I was not eligible because I didn't have a driver's license. I didn't know that. So I oh. learned how to drive. I bought a car illegally in San Angelo, Texas. I bought a car. I drove it to the Texas Motor Vehicle Department, passed my written test, walked in, have never looked at a book because online didn't exist back then, passed the written test, failed my driving test that I took that that afternoon for doing a California roll at a stop sign. <laughs> So they failed me, and that was normal. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was teaching my daughter how to drive, and she'd do a California roll, I'd look at her and say, hey, nice stuff, Hollywood. And that so, was kind of an uh, indicator that, yeah, she had just rolled to a stop. I proceeded to get back in my vehicle, drive that vehicle that I had just bought <laughs> back to the base, and waited till the next day where I took my test again to get my driver's license. And they never caught that there was nobody with you? Nope. Wow. So no lie, I learned how to drive a stick shift in a Chevy Cavalier on the flight line of Goodfellow Air Force Base. I didn't know Goodfellow had a flight line. But, well, when you figured, you know, you got the job you did, I figured you were colorblind because it's like, you know, I'm one, like one of the few that's not colorblind. No, I was huh. not colorblind. I got the job because I did not have a driver's license and was not eligible to do – because I could have got anything I wanted with my ASVAB score. But I got a 96 on that test. And – I didn't have a license, so I couldn't do anything. My first four jobs, I couldn't do because I didn't have a license. Oh, well, look at it like this. If you had done those jobs, we wouldn't have this podcast. Right. Yep, so it all worked out. And they're showing an advertisement for John Wayne Gacy. Which, if you think about it, in some reviews of WrestleMania – Watching WrestleMania over the weekend, people thought about killing themselves with the booking. Uh, <laughs> now, some of that, because, I mean, I actually watched um, both nights. Well, last night, you know, I actually had to turn it off around 10 um, just because, you know, I started to get up this morning for work, even if I did work from home. Um, you know, but I did watch the final two matches, from you know, um, at my house this morning. So I've actually watched all of WrestleMania, and I actually thought it was net positive. And, you know, I, I, now some of the matches, I'm not going to say everything was perfect by any stretch, because uh, some of the matches I could have done without, uh, and we'll get into that, you know, one match in particular, 
Um, but before we get going, before you uh, get going, Charlotte Flair has come out. I see that. Look at she, all the she's lost. She lost weight. She looks face, like she's lost weight. Everything is different. That's like a whole new person. Oh, Lord. My wife is over here saying something about her. I'm not going to repeat. I'll, I'll text it to you. <laughs> but the, all the listeners want to know. No, this is, know? It's, it's family-friendly. <laughs> you know, so we have a family-friendly show. I'm not going to repeat what my wife just said about her. Well, it's important to know that your wife is a closet fan. And she's probably a bigger fan of the wrestling product than I am. Uh, She might be because she does have her own opinions. Uh, But what I really need to do is I need to tell our contact and listening info. We're 10 minutes in, Kyle, and I haven't even said that yet. Of course, we were engrossed in a pretty good conversation. Um, But if you would like to give us any kind of suggestions, any kind of feedback, comments, or just want to say hi, email us at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast or on Twitter at booking armchair. Uh, uh, we have a YouTube channel. Don't even bother with that one right now um, because it just hit me the other day. The only videos I have on there are unlisted. So you can go to the channel. You won't see the videos unless I actually give you the links. Um, but we're on iHeartRadio. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. And we're on Spotify. And I actually have links for three of those Apple Podcasts. Just go search for Armchair Booking, and one of these days when I can figure out how to link that, I will. And we are still not accepting any kind of callers. If anyone would like to call in, please contact us, and we will make some kind of arrangements, you know, either on our normal episode or if somebody just wants to say, hey, you know, maybe we can all do a uh, like a cross-interview you know, we'll do some cross-promotion with us and some other folks, and we may have to schedule it for, like, another day, which, Kyle, hopefully, you know, you and I both can do that because, you know, the last person, our our friend, the late Jordan Garber, he was able to get us on a different day, but unfortunately it was so last, it was so last minute that he was only able to get me because I, I think you were actually out of your house both times. It was like, whoa, 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 you know, it was – but and, – but we can maybe we can arrange that, and I'll talk to you more about that because there's actually another podcast I think that maybe we can get at least one of their hosts to come on ours, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think anything that would broaden the show would be a good thing. But we are we are screaming callers. We have to, and. That that's a sad reflection of people on the internet and what what we would like to call trolls, but I don't know the gender pronoun for a troll, so I will just say we are screening calls. Uh, and before we really get started talking about the WrestleMania. Uh, Kyle, we actually got another country popped up on the list of people who have listened to us. That'd be India. We had a person from India listen to us. Ironically, I had three people from India call about my car insurance and my car warranty today. Three. Three. Well, 
I can tell you the countries right now, we've had one in Australia, one in Bangladesh, two in Canada. We know who that is. Uh, one in Germany, one in India, one in Taiwan, 98 in the United Kingdom, and then the rest are in the United States. So that's the, the downloads, and we're trying to boost that up. We are trying. So uh, in the meantime, Kyle, so what did you not like about Mania this year? Well, one, Mania is a generous term. This year we should call it WrestleMania. That's a YouTube channel. WrestleMania? WrestleMania, yeah. You didn't know that? No, I said rain. Oh, Mesorania. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Because the rain delay to start off the show really really ruined the flow for me. Honestly, it gave me a chance to take a shower. So I was <laughs> so it, it kind of worked in my favor, but obviously not yours. Um and I did I will say when I came back, I got, caught Kevin Owens promo. And that I, I I need I need to actually find just that promo on video because he kind of he was kind of pulling a little bit of a pipe bomb there. Well, that that is a character and a person that you just need to not script, and I think something organic could come out of him that they're not letting out. It's there. It's there on Twitter, but they're not letting it on the screen for whatever reason. Well, I don't know if you heard what Arn said about him on one of his latest uh, podcasts, but he said Kevin Owens basically loved him to death. The man can't get out of his own way. You know, so hopefully, you know, he's learned, you know, basically to hush at times. Um, but I'll tell you one, half of this is positive. The other half is negative. Of course, they're in Tampa and you're going to want to have people from Tampa, hopefully hosting gives it that hometown feel. Um, and then of course, Titus being an ambassador, you know, he's at, he's Titus was not bad in the ring, you know, but I don't think he was ever be, going to be more than mid card, but as an ambassador, as a spokesman, Oh, I mean, he's tip-top. You know, so I like well, having t- Titus as a host. However, the other half of that, Hogan, you know. Hogan did it, and his time has passed. Exactly. And my notes, I'll put it like this. I say, um, Hogan needs to stay home. People haven't forgotten and the other thing is Titus looking irritated at times, and he did. If you watch that first night, if you watch the replay, uh, which I know you don't because you won't get Peacock, um, but if you were to watch it, you could see I mean, Titus. I mean, he was kind of looking kind of annoyed, and you could hear Hogan. He was getting booze. Uh, like well, I said, pe- people haven't forgotten. There was a small group of fans that were very loud against Hulk Hogan. And I know he's from Tampa, but 
that that was not the that was not the right fit for for the show last of the exactly. weekend. Exactly. Um especially with the main event match. You know, considering the um the historic um well the history of it. I mean um the the historic event of the main event match and I'll be honest with you, when they first told the lineup and they said, okay, what the first match is going to be and what the last match is going to be, and I'm thinking, okay, you're putting the world title as the very first match? You know, there's got to be a reason for that. Usually, you know, well, like a couple of years ago, um, your boy Brock just wanted to drop the title to Seth Rollins and then get on his, get on his private jet and leave. No, so, that that is... The, that is the rumor and innuendo. They need they needed to start the show off right. And you know what? And then that the went burst about, about halfway in the match. Yeah, I agree with that. First group of fans that have seen WWE in in a year. So the most important match was Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. And I sent you a list of my predictions before WrestleMania started. Uh, you did. Both nights. And we both got this one wrong. Yeah, because every single one of yours, I was like, yeah, I mean, I can't go against any of them. Um. But my notes for this one, you know, of course, I mentioned main title as the first match. Uh, two powerhouses who do more than power moves, which is the truth. I mean, they were doing actual wrestling moves, although it was sloppy in parts. It had a dive over the top rope. I even said first dive over the top rope for the night. But it had a good finish when um, MVP did not interfere. He did distract Drew McIntyre just for a second, just long enough for him to break his rhythm, and then he went for the the Claymore kick, missed, and then it was full Nelson, and he passed out. But passing out is not a tap out. So even by losing, he still looked good. Well, that and you don't see many, many passing out finishes. And I thought so thought that was a good idea. It's immediately something different. It was kind of a shock, like all the way to the end you thought Drew was gonna get out. <laughs> like I don't know that many people and I scoured the internet on Sunday morning. I don't know that many people that predicted Drew McIntyre would lose that match. Everyone thought it was going to be his crowning moment. Well, and that was actually not the first time Lashley had him in the full Nelson, but he did manage to get out of it the first time. But it, it's not like um, it was a pitting move where, you know, they, they do their own finish, their, their finishing move three times before they finally get him to actually stay down for the three count. That's something that actually this WrestleMania – they actually did right. They didn't have any of that. And 
you know, I mean, and I cannot think of um, any times where they had somebody kicking out of somebody else's finishing move the, in, the entire two days. Um, but, yeah, they had the dive over the top rope, and I'm like, oh, here we go. There's number one. Didn't see it again, I think, until Bad Bunny. And so I was like, well, okay, maybe, you know, they're they're actually – reading what people are saying on the internet. Maybe they're actually maybe they're listening to JR's podcast. No. <laughs> they might but, be. But they're definitely psychology was different than it usually usually was. It was. Yeah. I agree. And you you go through because I'm trying to find the match order again because I've lost my thing on my well, phone. Uh, well, the next the next uh, match was the tag team turmoil. If that says anything. So this is the female version of tag team turmoil. Who did you have uh, prediction? Who did you have in the tag team turmoil? Natalia and Tamina, I mean, because I'm sitting there looking at the other teams. I'm like, okay, Lana and Naomi, you know, the match, okay, and I actually had comments on all these. The match itself was, was too short, and there was, it looked like there was a botched move in there somewhere where they, they all kind of looked confused for a second. Um, and, you know, then, of course, Carmella and Billy Kay came out. They're a team. You know, basically, they don't have any anything else to do, so they're like, "Here, you're a team." Well, they were they were announced on SmackDown. Oh, oh, I know, but still, it was like, and, and that's uh, that's a hard thing. You break up the iconics, which were the greatest thing on television at one point on on their shows. Just think, two WrestleManias ago, the Iconics won the women's tag team titles. Iconic. Yeah. But every time they started to get over the fans, oh, all of a sudden they stopped pushing them because they're supposed to be heels, but the fans started cheering them. But that one, once again, I said was too short. Um, then... Um, uh, Riot Squad over Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. And everybody remembers Mandy Rose because she fell and busted her rear end coming down the ramp. Um, Which is surprised that didn't happen more. I wonder what they did to fix the ramp. Probably just dried it off. You know? But unfortunately, as the tag team tournament was starting, if you looked in the back, you could see it started to rain again. I mean, it wasn't hard rain. I mean, it wasn't lightning. That's why they had to delay anyway because of, you know, severe storms. But, um, well, the other thing about Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke had a wardrobe malfunction that that made internet news. Yeah, but they blacked out the screen when it happened. Apparently, Carmella had one too. So I wondered. With the with the female wrestlers, they wear revealing clothes, except for Nia Jax, 
and, and Tamina, but they, they're pretty revealing <laughs> how easy how easy it is to slip out of that in the rain or if a hand slips. Well, um, it, well, I was going to say either way, Mandy Rose, I mean, she owned it, um, you know, when she slipped. Because if you look at, like, well, I know you don't do the Twitter, but on her Twitter feed, you know, she flat out owned it. I mean, she she's like, yeah, leave it to me to be trended worldwide for something like this. You know, and then people were, were commenting on her. I mean, she was laughing about it. I mean, she knew, you know what, it happened. You know, she can't take it back. Um, well, how appropriate that Titus is the host. <laughs> what he said to her? <laughs> he did it too. Yeah, I mean, well, he came up to her. Uh, as she was interviewed, he came up behind her. He said, hey, happens to the best of us. <laughs> you know, so, and, he, and he should know because he had the most famous – well, his was a trip, not a slip. But either way – you know, his made, you know, Sports Center. So, there you go. But, but I, you know, what the, I said, what whole, I said, go ahead. The whole tag team turmoil, this, this was their way of getting all the women on the show and not doing a battle royal. Okay. I could see that, and was they still didn't get all the women on the show because where was uh, Peyton Royce? I don't know what she did to somebody, but she she, she has not been on TV. I wonder if she got hurt. See, Iconics broke up. I mean, they had her on her, there for like one week, two weeks, but then all of a sudden, you're right, she was gone. And it's the Billy. same as Chelsea Green, but at least Chelsea Green got hurt twice. And you could explain that, but Peyton Royce, it's like they get a hot act like the Iconics, and they just can't get out of their own way. Speaking of hot acts, what... What happened to the riot squad? Well, they won one, I guess if you want to call it fall. And then they lost to the tie-in Tamina. And Ruby Riot, I mean, her getting hurt, I mean, she was out a while, too. And when she came back, um, her other riot squad mates were doing other things. And it just isn't the same now. I mean, I think I think Ruby Riot with her look and everything, she ought to go solo anyway. You know it. But I mean, I didn't have a lot of notes on the tag team turmoil. Just said Moraine, Lana Naomi too short. Was it a botched move? And then Carmella and Billy Kay, and this was against them against the Riot Squad. Um, that was also too short. Uh, Riot Squad over Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Eh, that wasn't too bad. But then Natalia and Tamina win. Super flash, super fly, splash it hit, but it was kind of sloppy, you know, when she landed it. Um, and so I mean, I didn't think it was horrible. I mean, I just thought they could have done a couple of the matches a little different. Um, and then of course that it, that's almost like a, 
it's not a let me up match, but it's kind of a more you kind of take a breather before Cesaro and Rollins. And I only have one note on this. Good match. You know, that was it. That's the only note I took on that. It was a good match, which it was. Um, you know, Cesaro did his his giant swing, you know, the last time. 27 times. Um, and it actually had a definitive finish. In fact, all the matches actually had finishes. Yeah. So, but Cesaro Rollins, I mean, it, it was what everybody thought it was going to be. I mean, everybody knew it was going to be a good match because you just look at who's in it. Uh, I hope this is a sign they're giving Cesaro more of a push because people have been saying now for almost 10 years they need to give Cesaro more of a push, especially when he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 30, seven years ago, when he picked up Big Show like he was a sack of trash and just tossed him out of the ring. You know, it's like, huh, okay, they're going to be giving this guy a push, and then it just kind of fizzled. Well, being that he is on SmackDown, um, with the night two results, he looks like a primed candidate for elevation. Yeah, he better be. So th- that... That, of course, I think those Seth Rollins, Cesaro can work a good match in their sleep. But that that was a good way to use Seth Rollins, being that he has just come back after becoming a dad. And I think that in this case, the right guy won. Absolutely. And I did like um, not just this match, a lot of other matches, but this one, because of the two guys in it, you know you're going to see you know, the potential to see some good counter moves. Well, the way Cesaro countered the curb stomp, or just the stomp, or whatever it is they're calling it now, which I don't like the name curb stomp anyway. Um, and it, it was almost reminiscent of when Randy Orton countered it at – uh, 31 was 31. That's the one they had in California and Rollins cashed in. Right. Right. Yep. Because the very first match or, or like first or second match that night was Rollins and Orton and Rollins went to do the stomp. Well, when, as soon as he got his foot on Orton, Orton was lifting up at the same time and it pushed Rollins in the air and Orton hit the RKO. I was like, well, that, that was cool. You know, just the way they did that. Well, this one, Cesaro kind of did the same thing. He got Rollins up in the air, um, and he hit his forearm. You know, so... Um, <clears throat> but either way, I mean, it, it was... Um, I thought it was a good match. And, you know, there was nothing horrible about it. Um, and I'm glad to see they're finally, hopefully, giving Cesaro a push. And um, we'll just kind of see where it goes from there. Um now, the next match I've actually seen some people complain about. Um, I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it, it was exactly what it was meant to be. And the New Day taking on AJ Styles and Omos. And my first notes, 
those Mohawks look bad. <laughs> oh, I was like, Kofi, no. I mean, you know, Kofi had the dreads. I mean, that was him. I was like, what did he just do? You know, and Xavier, his was almost like a faux hawk. But either way, they looked bad. And, but what, no, no next, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this you is, uh, bad. But I, I listen to their podcast. I just go with Unique. That, to their credit, New Day has been a group for over six years. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't think they were formed yet at, at 30. And they always do something different. And some things work and some things don't. But they they worked around, uh, and we're going to go with almost is what we're going to call them. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, they worked around almost's limitations, and he he ended up being exactly what a big guy should be. This is a a pull to the past, but seeing AJ and Omos, and, and I'm not seeing color, but reminiscent of Jericho. Oh, Jericho and Big Show? Yeah. Okay. Well, well yeah, I kind of see. I mean, except for almost obviously he's very green. You know, because the man is just starting. But my next note, after I said Mohawks look bad, my next thing was a double turn with a question mark because AJ and Omos were supposed to be the heels. But because they kept, you know, the New Day kept AJ in their corner, keeping him from tagging, it almost felt like they were doing a double turn, even if it was only just for this match. Because once AJ finally tagged in almost, and this is our first time actually seeing him wrestle. Because the only thing we've seen him, you know, um, up until then was just he's AJ's bodyguard, basically. You know, and he's like twice AJ's size, at least twice his height. And, you know, so I didn't think it was bad. I even, my next night, almost was more impressive than other big men his size. Because the... um, the kids were actually in the living room when that match was going on because they they had never seen him before, and they were like, oh, my. They could not believe how tall the man is. I said, yeah, but I said, you know, he's better than the great Kali, you know, with his great chop. Oh, boom, chop, chop, headbutt, headbutt, chop, headbutt, and that was it. And he just went in the Hall of Fame. Still with me, Kyle? Yeah, I'm still with you. Yep. Next note was new champions. Predictions on this were because AJ Styles was set to be a grand champion. Okay. Was that his last one that he needed? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. How did I miss that? Well, I don't know. I miss things. Um. 
Well, either way, I mean, the New Day, yes, now they've held the, they've held tag team titles, what, 13 times now between Raw and SmackDown. Uh, but, it, it, yes, they have the record for the most consecutive days as champions, but it feels like they're starting to turn them into the perennial transitional champions. Okay, they want the belts to go to this next team, but they don't want that next team to beat the current team. Oh, pass it to the New Day and then have them pass it on. And to me, that's not doing New Day any favors. No, but New Day is really the only established tag team on Raw. Very true. And when you only have one, now with the Viking Raiders being back, you have a second one. And likely the first opponents for AJ and Omos. Oh, but that match I thought was pretty decent. The next match had one really good spot that we knew was going to happen. Uh, We knew that Shane at some point was going to come off the cage. We just didn't know how. Um. But my notes were, very first thing, unnecessary. Next thing, the pre-match attack was stupid because that's when um, Elias and the other dude, um, what's his name, the guy that, that he's been part of with him, he, he was part of the Forgotten Sons. Right, sir. Yes, him. Um, you know, they attacked Braun before the match. Okay. Then my next note, this whole story is stupid. Shane... Then next one, Shane taking a spot from more deserving people. Then the coast-to-coast is an overrated move, which it is. And I said, Braun looks bad no matter the outcome. And now the whole thing, and yes, I am very against bullying. You are very against bullying. We both have our reasons why. But why was that? It it seemed like kind of a weak motive to have a match. You know, oh, he called me stupid. What? And... The one thing that was kind of inventive about this was when Braun ripped the cage, you know, literally ripped the fence off of it when he had a hold of Shane so Shane couldn't climb down. Then he pulled Shane back in through the hole that he created. Um, And then later on when he he threw Shane off the top, and Shane did that flip in midair, boom, laying on his back. And that was the next – Note the last note for this match: Shane needs to stop with the high-risk fall bumps before he cripples himself. No, go ahead and cripple yourself if you want to do that. That hey, free country, (laughs) free country. It's the same. If you don't want to wear your mask for COVID, go ahead and get it. See what it does to you. I wore Whatever. my mask and, and still caught it. Well, I mean, I wore my mask and my son caught it and gave it to me. So, yep. but, but uh, you want to jump off buildings? It's the same people um, watching Facebook, Instagram, TikTok videos of all these people jumping off buildings and doing dare, daredevil stunts. I only watch to see if they'll fall. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. And that's the whole thing. It, it, at some point, your luck diving off structures, at some point, ask Evil Knievel how that works out. Well, it's like, um, I know this, this show may be, um, I don't think you would, this show is actually a little slightly, very slightly before your time. The show, that's incredible. I know you've had to have heard of it. They used to feature a stuntman named Dar Robinson. And I loved watching him because, I mean, I mean, I wanted to be a stuntman. I was seven years old, but I wanted to be a stuntman like Dar Robinson. That, this was before I became afraid of heights. And Dar Robinson, I mean, he was a movie stuntman, but he would actually do some of these things on That's Incredible. And he later on, he got killed doing a stunt. And, you know, but with wrestlers, I mean, of course, they don't even take the precautions necessarily, not as much as what Hollywood stunt actors do. You know, some of the, they do gimmick things, and they'll have, like, an air mattress under something, like, hidden to where it will kind of cushion the fall. Um, but when Shane does his stuff, you know, that cage is about, what, 15 foot high, legit? You and, figure around the ring form, because it's got to be six, the ring has to be four feet off the ground. For the for the stage, so I I'd say at least twelve. It's got to be somewhere between ten and twelve. It, that's legit. I mean, that's not even, you know, them saying. Sorry, they're showing um, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler um, rewinding, um, showing Mandy Rose falling watching it over and over again. That's actually kind of funny. And, of course, my wife, her favorite thing to watch is somebody follow me, especially if they show underwear. That's like her favorite thing in the world that will make her laugh harder than anything else. And when they show underwear? Did I, yeah, for did some reason, hear? like, uh, well, if they're showing, like, models falling, and, like, um, because, like, the heels and their dress comes up slightly and you see underwear, that makes it even funnier for her. Um, ooh, that was a slap. Anyway, Nia Jax deserves some of that uh, rough action. Yeah, she does need to have it handed back to her. Uh, oh, they make her bleed? Was that blood? When Shane, I mean, when he gets some, when he did that on, to the ring, this time it wasn't to the outside. They may have actually told him, yeah, you ain't doing that, you know, because we're not gimmicking the, the announcer's table. Um, but... I mean, he did that flip and boom. I was like, okay. I mean, he did a, a flat back. I mean, he did it perfect. However, he still did it from 10 to 12 feet up in the air. So, you know, later on, of course, when they were having the paramedics up him out, I mean, I think that was also a shoot. Um, but either way, that match I thought was, you know, ridiculous. He's taking a spot for more deserving people, period. Um, but the next match was one we also thought – at the beginning of it, my very first notes is, why? Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against Miz and Morrison. WrestleMania has always featured celebrity appearances and special performances. And it's it's been that way 
since the beginning. And this was the first year I felt old. Because you didn't know what Bad Bunny was? I still don't know what Bad Bunny was, and I still have not heard any of his music. Or the girl who did America the Beautiful at the beginning um, had no idea who she was. Or the guitar player that was playing along with her. No idea. Um, but even my first part of my first part of notes, I was like, just why? Then the promo videos were way too long. The entrances were too long. And I even said, like, Strowman, Miz is going to look bad no matter the outcome. And then the match really started picking up. And and that's why you'll see all these comments. People talking about Bad Bunny. I mean, he did great. I mean, he did not look like somebody who was basically having his very first match. Uh, they said basically the only botch was one of his little bunny ear, little Afro pus that he does actually, you know, came out or something. But he looked good. I mean, he was doing the moves, and he wasn't. I mean, there was a few. A few botches, but not like what you would expect. He didn't look timid when he was doing the moves. Because if you watch Lawrence Taylor against Bam Bam, you know, Lawrence Taylor, one of the most legit athletes of all time, one of the greatest football players of all time. And when he went against Bam Bam, there were sometimes, I mean, he was kind of hesitant to do the moves. Bad Bunny was not. He was jumping right in it. And he had uh, he has a lot of respect for wrestling, and that showed. Now, they did have some bad camera cutaways at bad moments, but my last note on this was the match was a lot better than it deserved to be. That was unexpected. And, uh, it, yeah, it was good. It was really good. The The match was arguably the best celebrity performance that we have had in years. Going back to Stephen Amell at SummerSlam, and Stephen Amell did not get the promotion that Bad Bunny did on Raw. The other thing that came out this morning was Damian Priest is injured. Really? And may not have been able to perform, which is why it was not a tag match originally announced he was not cleared to wrestle till early early last week and that is why Bad Bunny wrestled the majority of that match and you don't normally see that in celebrity performances Well, you know, you're talking about the best celebrity performance of the years. I think this may have been the best celebrity performance at WrestleMania, period. So I'm just trying to think to myself, which celebrity did better than what Bad Bunny did last night at a WrestleMania? The, they brought out the girl from Entertainment Tonight, and she wore white pants and one of the divas' makeup got on her white pants. It made her look like she crapped herself. (laughs) And for some reason, I remember that performance. I remember Snooki being a a surprise. Floyd Mayweather 
although you may not agree, he's a celebrity. Well, I mean, he's yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, technically, he's um, I mean, he's a boxer, you know. And I think more when I think of like boxing, you know, or really any sport, I think first and foremost, athlete. You know, before yeah. celebrity. And Floyd Mayweather, I mean, he one of the greatest boxers of all time. Um, and now that one, he almost had to be um, good because he was boxing. So if he did bad with that, you know, that we, they'd have some problems. So there have been a few, but Mr. T performed. And he did better at WrestleMania 1 than probably what he was expected to do, but it still wasn't great. Say, okay, he got him up on his shoulders, and you see all the pictures where he's holding Piper up on his shoulders, and I saw the pictures long before I actually ever saw the match, and I thought, oh, he must have done an airplane spin. No, he just threw him back down again. It was just a fireman's carry takeover. That's all it was. But he, for the time... For the time, yes. Those were modern modern moves. Now, looking at historical and trying to watch it now, you go, I can't believe we watched that and found that entertaining. Well, he totally honked it up the next year anyway when he and Piper had that boxing, quote-unquote, boxing match. Yeah, that one was just horrible. But the the Bad Bunny match, the finish, the Cross Bunny press. As long as they don't they have the Bunny Destroyer, that was such a lame name for the move. Even though he pulled it off really well, I'm not a fan of that move anyway. But but yeah, the, like you said, the Cross the Cross Bunny press. It was the Cross Bunny Doomsday device. And whoever names these, like, you suck. But <laughs> as far as the move goes, that that's a different discussion. I'll, I'll have that discussion after this last match. And we mentioned it, and it's sad, and this is kind of a shout-out to a friend of yours that I have never met. WrestleMania has been going on for 37 years, and it is still a big deal when a minority main events WrestleMania and, of course, the two minority women main evented WrestleMania night one. And the moment, like I said, when before the match even started, when you had... Bianca on one side and you had Sasha on the other before they ever locked up. I mean, they were looking at each other because they completely understood what the moment meant. And you could tell that. And they were, the crowd was cheering because I mean, obviously the crowd understood what it meant, you know, then they, you know, and they, they didn't just automatically lock up. They kind of waited for the cheers to go down just enough. And then they locked up so they could say, okay. And the match itself was, just off the chart because like I said 
I was questioning, okay, is Bianca, because, I mean, she's still green. Think about this. She has only been wrestling for, what, two years, maybe? And I'm tra- definitely NXT. It's hard to say how long she trained down there. Well, well, her, um, I actually saw kind of a documentary about her, uh, WWE actually they had on the network not too long ago. And I actually didn't really know her background until they, until they had it on the documentary. And I was kind of shocked because I was like, okay, I didn't realize, you mean that, that's what, um, she was in fact. She went uh, when she was in high school in track. She was nationally ranked, um, and then when she went to college, unfortunately, you know, she got caught up in, you know, college. Basically, you know, she was there for athletics. Um, she went to South Carolina, then Texas A and M, and then um, Tennessee. Uh, but she got, of course, like I said, got caught up in college. You know, she started partying and. You know, she didn't make track and field a priority. But, I mean, she's a very, very legit athlete. Um, but let me see. When did she start wrestling? Um, it says, okay, she signed a contract in 2016. Okay, so, um, in fact, oh, my God, she signed her contract five years ago today. Um, and that's when she started uh, training. She she made her debut in NXT in 2017. Okay, so I mean she's a little little beyond green, but not too far beyond green. And for her first WrestleMania match, because she wasn't on last year's WrestleMania, was she? She I knew she was in the Royal Rumble, but she wasn't in Mania. Right. So her first WrestleMania match was headlining with Sasha Banks, you know, and all the historical stuff that goes along with that and everything that that particular moment that particular match meant you know she could have easily just collapsed under the gravity of it all and she didn't and that match dude i mean i know you didn't watch like all of it from start to finish you should go back and watch it that match um was just off the charts and it had it had some false finishes but not the hey, I'm going to, you know, use my finishing move over and over and over again until you finally lose to it. No, she used her finishing move once, and that was it. And and she used her hair once. And that right there, (laughs) I've never heard hair make a whip sound before. And and that that in itself is pretty cool and definitely makes her stand out. But – the one thing, and the reason I have not watched the match completely, Michael Cole's commentary ruins this. Watch it without the commentary. My, Michael Cole, especially the ending, Michael Cole is JRing the main events. I heard a comment earlier. And it was actually talking about Michael Cole messing up the ending because 
he actually called it like she kicked out it too because that's what they have become so accustomed to calling because they have to hit the finishing move more than once, you know, a lot of times more than twice. But right. that's not, they didn't do that this time. And it actually threw him off because, you know, he's been so used to doing that for the past however many years. And my notes for this one, great match. Bianca has ridiculous athleticism and strength, which she did, and she put him on display. Sasha looked good the entire match. There was a, a few sloppy moments, not many. A lot of good moves and counters. And, by the way, Sasha, uh, her suicide dive is how it's supposed to be done. Because, you know, when they do this stupid, where they jump through the ropes and just kind of push them, uh, you know, like, get away from me. You know, the way she did it was she went through the ropes and she turned like she was doing like a cross body. And that's how it should be done. Now, granted, Bianca caught her and kind of rolled backwards with her and managed to pick her up. Um, and that's when she pressed her and threw her back in the ring. You know, but the whole point was Sasha did that dive, and she did it perfectly, unlike like Seth Rollins. I can't stand his. I can't stand Daniel Bryan's because they're just jumping out pushing somebody, and to me that's not doing anything. But, yeah, so that first night, I mean, that's how it ended. And plus they were having to follow the Bad Buddy match, which I think was supposed to be the, the let-up match. That's probably why it was, you know, scheduled to be right before that match. And so they had to they had to follow that. And so of course they had to they had even added pressure on top of the already uh, great pressure they had. I'll stop talking now. Pressure wise is Sasha Banks has a streak going. And they published it this morning. Sasha Banks has never won a WrestleMania match. Oh for six. So she has the anti streak. She, she has the reverse streak going. And nothing to be ashamed of. I can't say Ric Flair had a winning record at Starcade. Um, let's see, Flair won in 83, he won in 84, he lost in 85, but turned around and they gave the belt back to him two days later, um, 86 was him and Nikita, I think he lost by disqualification, uh, 87 he won against Garvin, got the title back, yeah, after that, I don't know. So, that... That is a unique stat for the uh, member of the four horsewomen there. The only four horsewomen to appear on the WrestleMania card in a match. Now, Bailey... Bailey would have been a much better host than Hulk Hogan. I I agree, but right now with Bailey's character being what it is, they're not they wouldn't have it, which I would have put her on there. Uh but she unfortunately she'd have been booed for other reasons. You know, because she's got the heel heat. Hogan has the go away heat. Never thought I'd say that about Hulk Hogan, but right now he's got go away heat. 
He's got X-Pac heat. Uh, and they're all in the Hall of Fame. They both went, He went back in the Hall of Fame last night with that X-Pac. Or, no, he went with six-Pac. But uh, so night one actually raised the bar pretty high. Night two, Titus and Hogan came out wearing pirate costumes. And night, so night one is sort of WrestleMania 37 and a half. Yeah, night because the only, the only match I could have done without on night one was Shane and Braun, to be honest with you. That one just needed to not happen. But night two, go ahead. But night two got off on the wrong foot in a different way than the rain from night one. And you go through all this effort for Bray Wyatt and the Fiend to make a... he He gets burned by Randy Orton. He makes a recovery. All this stuff is going on with Alexa Bliss. And you do what? Here's my notes. Quick start from Wyatt, which it was. I mean, he dove off the top of the jack in the box. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually saying those words. He dove off the top of the giant jack in the box and clotheslined Randy Orton. You know, then proceeded. I mean, it was he was no selling stuff. I mean, it was actually going okay. You know, it looks like it's going to be you know pretty good. Um, they brought back the red lighting. Um, Brutality was expected, which, I mean, it was. Then surprise, in parentheses, stupid ending. And it was, to me, for me, it was too theatrical. Well, theatrical, maybe. The, the big question that comes out of this, what's the deal with Alexa Bliss. You know, uh, it looked like, you know, she stuck her head up under an oil pan. I mean, I, I don't understand the whole point of that because when they had, they're, they're trying to do a throwback to Papa Shango from 1991, well, it didn't work with him either. Or 1992, sorry whichever year it was. It didn't work with him. It's not going to work now. It just looks stupid. When you see her and, and her outfit tonight was unbelievable. It and was. God, God bless America for that one. <laughs> but if she turned into Sister Abigail, that would have been something cool. Now, now what are you going to do? She's empowered to be on her own, and she's going to be whatever. Is she going to return to the women's division? And do what? It, it goes oh. to night one booking 
they're doing a rematch of Miz and Morrison versus Damian Priest by himself this time. So it took Bad Bunny and Damian Priest at WrestleMania, and they are going two-on-one against Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw. I think it's just they can push Damian Priest. They have already redone Asuka and Rhea Ripley. What? Like, the the booking just makes no no sense. Well, especially because we have talked about Bray Wyatt and his push getting killed by John Cena at WrestleMania 30. And then again last year. Uh, well, losing to The Undertaker in, in a very short match. And, and that could have elevated his character. The Wyatt family getting pinned by The Rock in six seconds. Oh, it's truly like they don't know how to get out of their own way. And, you know, my prediction uh, for that particular match, I don't know if you still have your text messages up. Uh, let me... Oh, now I just now got your text. Thanks, Kyle. Twenty minutes ago, did you, you see? Twenty minutes ago, I don't. Uh, it, it does, I've kind of figured out it doesn't vibrate. Um, see, sorry. I said for Wyatt. I said look for some kind of swerve. I said Wyatt wins. Look for some kind of swerve. Now, obviously, Randy Orton won. I don't know if this was the swerve that I was meaning. I don't know if this was really a swerve. Alexa Bliss having black crap coming out of her hair. Hey, um, Miz just had a wardrobe malfunction. He did. <laughs> so your your wife can get a kick out of that one. So <laughs> that's not noticeable at all. <laughs> but I, I just don't see it. You would think they want to build characters. Apparently, they do not. The the Fiend was was over. Granted, the red light, it sucked. Yes. But... So that that was the first of many. When Randy Orton won, my Facebook page lit up with negative comments. Yeah, I still have the text you sent to me. It was just, you know, three letters. And, and that's all it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And because that's what everyone was saying. It's like they don't want successful characters. Well, think about this also. This is the second time they've had Wyatt and Orton go at it at WrestleMania. And it's also the second time they've had him go at it in not just a gimmick match, but an over-the-top gimmick match. And then they also had the theatrics in the middle of it. Now, I think I would rather have, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss with the oil running down her face 
than having the maggots broadcast on the canvas. But still, it, 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 it was just dumb. I'm moving on because Nia and Shane are on TV right now. So we might as well move on to the next match. This one wasn't much better, and it didn't have theatrics. And my notes on this one, it was slow-paced. Tamina slamming Nia was sloppy. She made, They kept showing her, you know, she finally got her from the third time, but it was... You remember when Lex Luger, when he slammed Yokozuna, and it was like he yeah. picked him up and then just kind of dropped him, like, sideways? That's what it looked like. And... Natalia still being buried, even if she didn't tap. Yeah, I said this is a waste of time, and it was a repeat inning from last night because remember when I said, okay, Drew McIntyre didn't look bad even though he lost because he never actually tapped. He passed out. Well, Natalia, because she keeps losing all the time, she still looks bad, and she didn't tap either. And, and that that goes to how poorly she has been booked. Like, I I don't see how Tamina still has a job, but I guess they like her. She is different being a taller Samoan, but it's, it's, she's like the female version of the job squad. And they have booked her with terrible gimmicks. And, she she's a a good wrestler Natalia is, but she's just never going to get. Imagine her in AEW uh, against Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa. I think she would be. I think she would be good for mentoring the young ones. This first time one of your pets has interrupted the podcast. Well, I'm about to have my wife go check to see if somebody's at the door. Because unfortunately with the... Oh, he's barking at the cats, really? Okay. Um, Unfortunately, you know, I was talking last week about something that happened right before the podcast. Um, I was taking care of that today, and there's more to be taken care of with that. But unfortunately, it's also made us have to be a little bit more vigilant. And when the dog's barking sometimes, that means somebody's at the door. And right now we're, you know, having to tell my son, do not answer the door. If somebody's knocking, you come get us. Or you look at the window. You just don't walk up and open the door. Because sometimes they may think it's his friend from next door. But right now we're having to kind of watch that. Being, Being that I have Rottweilers, when someone is in the radius of the house, they will bark. When they start watching and don't bark, that's when something bad is about to happen. Ah, well, see, one of our dogs, he'll just bark because he's stupid. Um, Because I've actually said, now the other dog, you know, she barks. If somebody knocks on the door, she barks. If somebody's in the yard, you know, she actually goes, uh, well, before we blocked her access to one of the windows, she would go to the window and watch. And we'll have to actually watch before we let her outside to make sure there's no one. Well, if the person walking down the road is fine. 
a dog walking with the person is not fine. And right. then the little dog, the little dog just hates the school bus for whatever reason. But, but anyway, anyway, back to the. My, something my Rottweilers both hate is watching Nia Jax on the television screen. So I have a Rottweiler. His name is Vader. Vader watches television intently. Really? Yes. He does not like nationwide car insurance commercials. <laughs> That's he, different. He did. He he. Oh, he hates him. He does not like seeing pets on on the screen. And Vader is not a fan of Nia Jax. Now, did you name him Vader after the wrestler, the Star Wars, or the death metal band out of Poland? Star Wars. Okay. Because my first one was named Tyson after Mike Tyson. My wife named the second one, and I picked up Vader, and he needed, uh, he needed a unique name. So I had never heard anyone call their dog Vader. So that's what I decided to name him. Cool name. I like it. So we we both predicted this next match would end in Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler splitting up their tag team. Yeah, well, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> we got that part wrong. Oh, we got that so wrong. And what's you have the women's tag team championship, and you throw together all these teams, and, and Nia and Shayna are not. They're they're okay, but they're not a cohesive team they they come out to one set of music i don't know what happened to reginald yeah he did he he did just kind of disappear didn't he yeah he he's nowhere to be found and he wasn't uh wrestlemania i thought they were going to lose I know it's in my text. I go, I'm not sure. This one's harder. But I got Natalia and Tamina winning that match. That was, I don't know if that was staged or what. I don't know. Did you see what happened on the screen? Yeah, she fake tripped. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're playing it a little bit too much. Yeah, that was a fake. You ever notice that Shayna Baszler kind of looks like a gym teacher? I... (laughs) In Las Vegas, we actually trained with her. Really? And when she was the MMA fighter, I bet she would knock the living tar out of you. I'm sure she would. And and, uh, I know on the ground, she would eat me alive. Well, Nia Jax kind of looks like a gym teacher, too, but it's a gym teacher from Porky's named Miss Ballbricker. That's cold. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what, Nia Jax, though, she's a plus-size model, so, I mean, she's uh, she's doing something right. But the next match, 
KO and Sami Zayn, which I I even put in part of my notes. This had to be their WrestleMania dream match since the time they started wrestling because, I mean, everybody knows they're best friends outside the ring. You know, they entered together, and they grew through NXT together onto the main roster. I mean, I know KO came first, then Sammy came well, later, but... Oh, you got it backwards. Oh, Sammy was there first? Sammy was there first. Why was I thinking KO was there first? Because he beat John Cena? He came to the main roster differently. But Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens started in wrestling together. Uh, Chikara, Indie Promotions, ROH, and Legendary Feuds, great tag team, and come to WWE... And this is going to be a feud or a group that you can put together the entire time, both in WWE. But as you predicted, and this is where I I would have agreed with you, but my text came first. I had Kevin Owens winning this match. And you had Sami Zayn winning due to Logan Paul interference. Interference. I did say that, didn't I? Yep. And I, I didn't expect Logan Paul to get involved, but he took uh, he took a pretty decent stunner, definitely better than Vince McMahon did. Oh, Vince McMahon looked like he was having a seizure. Uh, you know, I was like, no, that's not how you sell that. My very first note on this is, why is Logan Paul here? I don't understand why they had him involved. It's not like he did interfere, so he made me look stupid. But he was just there. And it didn't make any sense. I said, this is a WrestleMania dream match with these two. Now, one thing about the commentary. I don't know if you caught this. Uh, Well, probably not if you were just watching the highlights. John Layfield, he keeps saying, here on God's flat earth, you know, instead of saying God's green earth, which is the normal saying, he kept saying God's flat earth. And I'm thinking that was kind of a nod towards Sami Zayn being the conspiracy theory guy. But, of course, my next note was conspiracy theory guy not working. It's more annoying than anything else. But as far as the match is concerned, it has some pretty brutal moves. It looks like Japanese strong style. I mean, that part of the match, I mean, they were, yeah, they were tearing it down. Let me tell you, I mean, that was, it was a good match. Um, then I said, you know, one part of Zane, he kind of looked like the Fisher King. Uh, or actually, rather, he looked like Robin Hood from Jumanji with the beard. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, Logan Paul being stunned, I said it was predictable, but it was wanted. Everybody wanted to see it. And when, you know, you saw him coming up there, kind of shake his hand, you knew it was going to happen, and bam. And he took it, and he sold it well. And I think I said, match, it was definitely net positive. And I don't know about net positive there, much like the booking of Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke right now, not net net positive. They paid 
$500,000 for Logan Paul to show up because he's got 30-something million Twitter followers and a YouTube show and a podcast and and a criminal record in Japan, and he's not welcome back there because he went over there and showed his rear end. Not literally, but metaphorically saying. When when WrestleMania first started, you had Muhammad Ali, you had Liberace, Mr. T. People brought in based on their actual star status, like Muhammad Ali was still like the most famous boxer on earth. And Liberace was, well, Broadway, and, and being that they're based out in New York, I could see where that one... Well, Liberace was more based... I thought Liberace was actually based out of Vegas. Uh, and, well, they had, he danced with the Rockettes, which is what hey, I'm... Uh, yeah. Now, the Rockettes, yeah, they were based on Broadway, or at least based in New York City, and they were pretty famous for and Mr. dancing, but, you know. Mr. P had a, a top five television show. And he pitied the fool. And they they take him, and the, it, nowadays it's all based on who your followers are. And we, we've we had this discussion. Could you imagine religious deities having Twitter accounts and you proclaim your, you follow dot, dot, dot. I'm trying to stay um, neutral here. Well, it almost sounds like... Um Maybe the movies Bruce Almighty and maybe Evan Almighty. Bruce Almighty should be redone only as far as like social media. But you right. do have to be careful about what lines you you cross or come close to crossing. So they they hired him based on Twitter followers. He brought nothing to the show, unlike Bad Bunny, who performed. Logan Paul performs in a match, and I would have loved to see that him and his turd brother get beat up. But it um, wasn't even in the match. It was after the match. Yeah, I mean, he had nothing to do with the match itself. He literally just sat there. Occasionally he would clap or go, oh, good move. And that was it. They paid him half a million dollars to sit there wearing expensive sunglasses. And they – have him take the stunner because that's what appeared on entertainment tonight. Right. And that's what appears in your Twitter clips and that's how they get more followers. And if they monetize their views, they're getting views of Logan Paul taking a stunner from all his followers. And that's going to earn them advertising money. But it's not really going to do a lot for the WWE, though, in the long run. No. Because the same people who didn't like wrestling before are not going to all of a sudden like it just because Logan Paul was involved for 
10 minutes on the show. To me, he was more of a distraction than anything else. I mean, he, he took it away from what ended up being a pretty good match. And like I said, it looked like a Japanese strong-style match. Because I remember when I was stationed over there and I was listening to the channels and watching the Japanese wrestling, I was captivated because I was like, oh, this is very different from the American style. And I actually didn't know it was actually called, you know, referred to as the Japanese strong style. But it was just all of a sudden power moves out of nowhere. And I remember watching Steve Williams. He was, you know, Dr. Death Steve Williams, he was on there. And it's these moves he was doing. And the moves were brutal. And they looked like they hurt a lot. And that's what this match looked like. Yeah, trust me. Give it a watch. So that that's a uh, – and this next one, you know, we – You you got this one right. I did not. I didn't see Sheamus beating Matt Riddle. I think the the shine on Matt Riddle is leaving. You know, it's it's starting to become kind of dull, and you can kind of tell that by what happened to him earlier tonight. I think he's going to end up becoming kind of like Ricochet and a couple other ones where they started out really good. And then they turned into jobbers to the stars. Ray Ripley's only 24. Wow. Didn't know that. Well, Matt Riddle and I guess uh, Bruce Pritchard has explained this. Art Anderson has explained it. Vince McMahon does not understand Matt Riddle's character. I understand it. I'm pretty sure you understand it. Well, he's booked him like Spicoli from Fast Times at Richmond High. Instead of... Matt Riddle was one of the hottest acts on the independent scene a few years ago. Makes it to NXT. Was killing it in NXT. Comes to... Monday Night Raw, and all of a sudden, he's garbage. Does Vince McMahon not pay attention to what goes on in NXT? I'm not even sure Vince McMahon knows his current maid and cooking staff. Well, they've shown, like in some of the the behind-the-scenes documentaries, and this is you can tell it's a little older because Dusty Rhodes was part of it, and you know he passed away how many years ago? about five now. Oh, I think more than that. But but they actually showed they were having, it looked like a staff meeting, and it looked like something that probably occurs every week. But this one particular meeting, they were going through the list of everyone on the roster, apparently in NXT, and they were basically giving evaluations of them. Because this one just happened to be focused on um, Adam Rose. He was one of the featured guys on this one. On the E60. Was that what it was? It was E60 because he was um, he was the um, gosh, what's the name of the country? South American, South African bounty hunter. Yeah, Adam Rose. He's from South Africa. He was Leo Kruger, 
and that wasn't getting over with the NXT audience. So then he became Adam Rose. Right, with the rosebuds and the dancing, and it was getting over. It was getting over to NXT big time. It just didn't translate to the main roster because I saw him in Cincinnati uh, actually on a house show, the first time I ever saw him. And they had the Rosewoods coming out with him. I was like, okay, this is different. And then, of course, later on, No Way Jose came out doing the same thing. But but the same thing, though, with Matt Riddle, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, because in that staff meeting, well, they tell Vince about these people, but it's almost like he's just kind of letting Mr. Levesque handle it and whoever else, whoever took Dusty's place, which obviously is not Arn. Uh, was it Wade Barrett? Is he one of the main ones now? Uh, well, he's the announcer, yeah. Well, who's part of the, uh, the talent in the back? You know, like the agents. You know, who would be like a Dusty Rhodes type? Um, Matt Bloom is the, the head guy. Okay. okay. And he's the, the head trainer. Shawn Michaels is down there with uh, with the special class. Um, Terry Taylor is down there, and there's one other guy that does the the high level talent, the Dusty Rose type talent. And then they have all the trainers. Well, either way, I think they, you know, what's it going to take to get these guys to where they're not just doing good in NXT, but when they do go to the main roster, it comes with them and they don't lose the momentum. Because that's one of the things Uh, I do kind of, I worry about Bianca Belair because she hasn't been with the main roster that long. And I think she, she might be all right because her I don't want to, I don't even want to call her a character because her besides the hair is too real to be a character. I mean, you see that and that's her. That's not well, bro. No, that, that's maybe Matt him too. That is Matt that's, Riddle. But that that's the thing as long as Vince McMahon is alive and everything goes through him, we will always get what we are getting now. What he doesn't realize, and very successful businessman, he made wrestling what it is today and deserves all that credit. But to today's society... And, like, I I know I'm playing football on the weekends, and the guys I play with are 18 to 20-something years old. And I ain't going to lie, they use words I didn't know were a thing. Oh, I'm I'm constantly learning new slang. From my 18, and, well, she's almost 19 now, but yeah, so I know what you're saying. So I remember saying, 
what we we met in ninety eight and you'd say okay or be at my house at whatever time and I would say okay the word now is bet B E T and I go uh Oh and the slang actually changes as well because you know, I will say back in nineteen ninety eight if we said somebody was lit, do you remember what that meant? Yeah, in in ninety eight, that meant they were drunk. You know, drunk, or, or they maybe, or they were high. Now, lit is like, oh man, that's just so lit. You know, like it's great, like it's awesome. And the first time I heard. It was actually my daughter and some of her friends say it, and this was you know a few years ago. I said, "What are they high?" They're like, "What are you talking about? Lit means high." No, it doesn't. It means it. I'm like, "No, trust me. It means high. You just can't take a word and just change the meaning of it." You know, slang. You know, I was like, "Never mind." But I've heard you know now the word slaps. You know, yeah, that song over there. Yeah, well, that song slaps. Okay, and apparently it's a good thing. Um, oh, I have. I, I have not heard slaps, but I did get a kick. Um, I was chaperoning a field trip two years ago, and the insult they were using was bottom boy. Bottom boy? Bottom boy. Oh, that's not good. That doesn't even sound good. And And they use different ways to say it, but... I, yeah, I, I don't remember ever calling someone that. Anyway, we better get back to the wrestling. <laughs> but, we ran out of time. But, yeah, this match, my first note, power versus finesse. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that could be really argued so much. Um, Riddle is still proving himself. Uh, Sheamus is always tough, which he is. I love the ending. I'm, and I'm pretty sure you've seen the ending. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah that was actually pretty inventive, uh, pretty original the way they did that with Matt Riddle doing that. Uh, I don't know what you call it that backflip that he does off the second rope. Yeah, the, and, the the moon salt. Yeah, it's the moon salt, but it, I don't know if it's meant to be like a. Well, I guess it is supposed to be a moon salt, isn't it? Where it's they're not on the mat though; he's hitting them and they're still standing. And then. You know, Sheamus hits the brogue kick, also known as the crane kick, if you really look at it. You know, he stole that from Karate Kid. You cannot tell me he didn't. But hit him in midair, and he he connected, too, because you saw Riddle. I mean, he was bleeding pretty good later on. But I like that ending, and it was good. It definitive. boom. One, two, three, done. And I, it should be like that. And it should it should be, but what, what does this do for Sheamus? Well, it got him the title. He's been Intercontinental Champion before. So, so this, this is U.S. Champion, though. Well, yeah. He's been U.S. Champion before. He's it, it, it's the hard thing 
is he a good enough wrestler to take on all challengers? Where are you going to see the title defended every every week, like the open challenge? I think Seamus could. Um, I don't know if Apollo Crews, you don't know who is the Intercontinental Champion now, in this next well, match against Big E. Go ahead, though. I don't, you know, if you if you if you're not ready to move on, we won't move on yet. I mean, you've jumped ahead, but it, it's the same thing. The lineage or the prestige of the United States Championship, even going back to Lex Luger, that was a important title. And... It, it just seems to be filler on the show. Well, when you have 11 or at least 10 titles in the company, they're all filler. And that's well, an exaggeration. They have, they have at least 10 titles right now. And that is their fault. And that's not even, that's not even including NXT. But that that is their fault because you oh, know one oh, thing. Absolutely, I, it is. One thing I didn't see on TV. Where was our truth and twenty four seven championship? Right, I was waiting for that too. I really was. And they didn't bring that out. And is two hundred five live? Are they still doing that? They moved that to NXT, and that's the whole show in itself. Wow. Because uh, NXT put on two nights that might be better than WrestleMania. And I haven't watched those yet, and I'll have to go check them out. I just still want to know, I just want to know, any of our listeners, email us, please, at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com and tell me what is a Nigerian drum fight. I'm afraid of what you're going to get. True. Okay, I will tell you all this. If y'all give me anything that's um, racist, (laughs) I will totally block you. I I ain't putting up with that. But, and I get the character that Apollo Crews is doing. Uh, and now, actually, with the ending of this match, I, I actually understand even more. But it's a no-DQ, no-count-out match. That's my first note on this. My second note, you'll appreciate this there, Kyle. There's about three, 3% body fat in the entire match. Yeah. Yeah, between, and, yeah, between Apollo Crews and Big E, yeah, there's, there's no body fat whatsoever. There's, both those guys are just muscle. And I would like to see what's in Big E's medicine cabinet. Yeah. Um, and then it started turning into a hardcore match because they were hitting each other with the, uh, what do you call them? They were real big. The crutches and... Yeah, the, the cane. Uh, what was the name of them? It was... Uh, it was Sandy. the Singapore cane. Was that it? That wasn't the Singapore cane, was it? Yeah. 
I thought, or, I thought they had a kendo stick. Yes. It's, which is the same thing. Yeah. But I mean, they always called them the kendo stick for a little bit, especially when Steve Blackman was using them, because I was always thinking, all right, who left their kendo sticks under the ring again? But it's well, okay. Like, uh, how did Triple H's sledgehammer always appear under the ring? Which the ironic thing about part of that one was when they used a real sledgehammer, they were always more careful. It didn't really hurt anybody. When he used a fake one, they weren't as careful, and he actually hurt the Undertaker one time. So, I don't know if you heard about that, but yeah. Yeah, but the the whole thing with uh, Biggie and Apollo Crews, this is the third or fourth time this match has happened. It's the not a jump fight? No, just them wrestling. It's the same as Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. You keep throwing the same match, and you expect a different result. You know that's the definition of insanity, right? Right. And there's no, there should be no surprise Tuesday morning when Raw does a 1.9 rating. And, and at what point, like, I I did not enjoy Peacock, and I mean I'm paying four ninety nine for it. I I have not enjoyed Peacock over the weekend. Well, I got the I got I got this result wrong too. Sorry, I had, um, had to go look and see what I predicted. Couldn't remember. Uh, for you, hold on, because I, I picked Biggie. I, I picked Biggie. And we both, Big E would win, and that that's that's based on what are they going to do? Maybe Big E will will elevate. We didn't expect Commander Aziz. Or Babatundi. How do, you, how do you say it? Just say it. Yeah. Bab- yeah. Babatundi. Something like that. Yeah, because as soon as he came out, I was like, is that the same dude for the Grace Warrior Rumble? And it was. You know, he was um, half Polish, half Nigerian, or half Nigerian, half Polish, whichever, whichever you prefer. And I was thinking back then, that dude is huge. They need to get him going. Well, that was three years ago when he's finally in a good spot. But my next question was, why is he a Marine Corporal? And then where did he find the jacket his size? That's a big dude. That takes a lot of material. Right. It, it's it's clearly custom made by, by their seamstress. But what... The, the great fear, and other people can comment on this throughout the week, is that Vince McMahon is going to start going back to racial-based factions and angles. 
Right now is not the time, Vince. And uh, Apollo Crews, and granted, this is working out for him. It's better than what they've given him before. Yeah, but they kept jobbing him out. There was no reason to do that. But he he's a supremely gifted performer, as is Ricochet. And the the biggest thing about him is not that he is Nigerian. Who? Paula Cruz? Well, he he is a Nigerian, but that should not be that should not be the greatest thing about him. Well, I'm kinda of wondering because there's been a joke that I've already seen passed along the internet today and is talk about actually Big E talked to the rest of the New Day, and they asked him, "How'd you lose?" Well, I had a great big tall Nigerian guy interfere in the match. How about how about you? Well, kind of the same thing, only he didn't interfere. You know, talking about Omos. Yeah. So, if they could put Omos and Babatunde, whatever his name is now, put them together, oh, that would be just craziness. But in the interest of time, Kyle, we are going to have to move on to the next match. So, and and we, both, we both predicted this match. Yep. And this was another really, really good match uh, between Asuka and Rhea, Rhea Ripley. And my notes just say, look for brutal science, I mean, which is about the truth. Because they were doing some good scientific moves, but they were also brutal at the same time. Good match. Nice seeing the finishers not buried with a believable ending. I didn't realize Rhea Ripley's finishing move was a pulp handle slam. She calls it something different, but it's basically it's a pulp handle slam. Well, she's very strong. She is. She's tall. And overall, not better than Sasha and... Bianca Belair. No. A, a, diff- a different type of match, but I do think another star w- was made. I believe so, and I think they're actually going to have her probably going on a program with Charlotte just from judging what happened at the beginning of the show. And, and you, you, we could talk about women's matches from WrestleMania and almost be its own show. But Asuka, her her title run was fantastic. It went from SummerSlam to WrestleMania. But they really did her a disservice the way they booked her while she was champion. Yeah. And she she kind of deserves a break and a chance to recharge herself and pursue some outside passions so she can come back. Because she, when she's allowed to speak and do things, she's very entertaining. But they have booked her in no way that's done her a favor. Well, I'm I am. Curious now to see, you know, with Rhea Ripley because remember last year they were gonna, they were pushing her and all of a sudden it just stopped. I mean, just abruptly stopped. 
because wasn't she the one who dominated everybody in the elimination chamber last year? And then, well, she dominated everyone in in the match, and she w- was considered like an NXT talent. It, it's the same thing with Io Shirai losing over the weekend. Are they going to move her up to the main roster? Or are they going to pair her with someone else in NXT? Oh, but you know, in a bit time, and you you predicted it, and I think you um, did. I and I predicted why, and you you predicted exactly why, and I think you you nailed the result on the head. And I said Roman Reigns because that would just everybody off. And and I really got to think about this match while it was happening as well. My notes in this say the triple threat not needed unless Edge and Daniel are going to retire again, which that to me is a very good possibility, and part of my notes will say why. Um well, Jey Uso, constant interference at the beginning, adds to the drama, but not, but too much can make Roman look weak. And he interfered until they beat him down, and then they, and so okay, that one stopped when it should have. Good counters, finished finishers used, but not buried. And what I meant by that, the finishers, yes, they were used, but they weren't kicking out at two. Or you know, of course, Daniel Bryan has the submission moves. He's known for being a submission guy. He had the the move on one. One guy, the other guy would break it up. And so his move's not looking weak. Um, then I noticed something. Why is Daniel Bryan all of a sudden using the flying headbutt? I thought yeah. that move was banned. I mean, like legitimately banned. And isn't that part of why he had to medically retire a few years ago? Because of concussions? Ah. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, he had to – I mean, he, that was a legit thing. He had to retire. The doctors would not clear him because of his concussion history. And now all of a sudden he's using the – and he did it twice. He did it first to, I think, Edge, and then he did it to Roman or vice versa. I didn't mean like it matters, but, I mean, he, I mean, we're talking like climbing on the top rope and doing it. You know, we're talking like doing it like Dynamite Kid, Chris Benoit, Harley Race, Bam Bam style. And that's why I'm thinking Daniel Bryan may have hit that point where he just doesn't care anymore. He's getting ready to retire again. Boom. He just did the honors like you're supposed to do. Edge, same thing. My next notes say Edge and Daniel coming back from real-life medical issues is part of the story. Roman's return is not mentioned. Think about this. All three of these guys had to leave for a bit because of medical issues. And I'm not going to say one's more serious than the other. However, when you think, hey, hey this guy had leukemia, I had right. head issues, which, I mean, which were you going to, like, gasp at more? I would say probably the leukemia. You know, because you hear people get leukemia, and it used to be a death sentence. And 
obviously it's not anymore, but the fact that Roman Reigns came back from that, and it's not even brought up. I mean, I think that that could have been a bigger part of the story, except for Roman Reigns being the heel, being the head of the table, being the tribal chief, all that. You know, all of a sudden you say, well, he also came back from leukemia. That makes him a sympathetic character. You're not going to have a sympathetic heel. And I did like the ending when he pinned both of them simultaneously. No question about it. Boom, he's the champion. Right. So, anyway, go ahead, Kyle. If anything took away from the match, it was the fact that Jey Uso interfered so much. Yeah, because he interfered. Uh, really, he only interfered twice. However, when he interfered the first time, it was for like five straight minutes of him just super kicking and hitting and punching. I mean, it went on for a while. And then, of course, the last time was there at the very end where he brought in the chair. But Roman still got the pin himself, and he pinned both guys, and I think that was a statement. And that's another reason I think why Edge and Daniel Bryan are both going to be retiring here soon because it's been rumored anyway. Edge even said he wanted to go out on his terms because he didn't get that nine years ago or ten years ago now. So, anyway, well, that, I, that, my, that's my thoughts on it. I don't think either one of them is done. I think what they'll wrestle each other one time, and then they will put over a younger star. Oh, uh, but who? Because Edge could be a part-timer for years. He's kind of a part-timer now, so... Yeah. So, um, match-wise, I think, like you said, WrestleMania was performed, the has-been with all of today's athletes. I don't like the booking um i find the booking uninspiring and boring and i really don't i i give wrestlemania b it's not the worst one it's not my favorite one and being that it took two nights and there's more questions than answers. Well, I think the two nights is going to be the standard. But, yeah, I think it'd be. That's fair. I can see that because there were some really, really good matches, some great matches. You know, Sasha and Bianca is the first one that comes to mind. Bad Bunny impressing everybody. Uh, the triple threat match, I'm not, honestly, and I've said this before, I'm not real big on triple threat matches uh, because a lot of times it ends up, okay, we'll fight while the other guy, you know, rests. Okay, now he's coming back, and now you take your rest. Okay, now it, it is just it's too much turn-taking. Last night, that one really wasn't too much uh, of that going on. I do like how the, how the Mania, and I mentioned before, how they did not bury people's finishers, and it was said, and I, I really wish I could find where I read it or heard it, where they actually brought up that fact how they didn't do that the way they've been doing uh, with everybody's finishes where you have to hit it three times. But, but yeah, B, <laughs> I think it's fair. It just get rid of the Shane match. But anyway, Kyle, we just heard one of our cues. 
So what are we talking about next week? Next week, I think we're going to have a long discussion about the life and career of current champion Bobby Lashley. Yep. Um, The man who Conrad Thompson said, if you look up wrestler, if you look up a professional wrestler in the dictionary, they'll have a picture of Bobby Lashley. And I'm glad to see him finally getting his due as the world champion, or just the WWE champion. For whatever reason, they don't call it the world champion, but he's the world champion. And I'm very happy, uh, and I'm also very looking – well, I'm very looking forward to discussing uh, Bobby Lashley next week. So it'll be a good discussion. We'll find out more what's going on after WrestleMania as the week progresses. And But until next week, my friend, we'll definitely keep in touch, and I'll let you know about some of the other things going on around here. So uh, take care, Kyle. God bless. Take care.